Our prayer today, uh, found a lovely prayer written by a Reverend Stephen Fearing. I don't know Stephen Fearing, but he said we could use his prayer as long as we tell people that he wrote this prayer and that it can be found on his website, stephenfearing.com. Maybe he's got other lovely prayers. But keeping in mind that today is the uh, Sunday of joy, uh, the theme of this prayer and really this whole service today is joy. So will you pray with me? God of our highest joy, we come to you this day as your servants, gathered to worship you and you alone. As we continue this Advent journey, help us to focus on you and the coming of your Son, Jesus. Amidst the commercials, the cooking, and the company, help us to remember the true meaning of this season, that you would come to find us in the flesh and forever live among us. Even as we share the joy we find in you with one another, we are mindful of those for whom joy is hard to find. For those who don't have enough clothes, for those who don't have enough food, for those who don't have enough or any shelter, for those who don't have enough protection and justice. We confess that there really is enough for everyone but it is our fault that the enough is hoarded by few at the expense of many. Help us to bear the good fruit that the Baptist, John the Baptist, called us to bear, being mindful of those around us without during this season of giving. We pray this day for those longing for spiritual renewal. We would ask that your Holy Spirit invigorate us, that we may provide for others first, before expecting them to provide for us. Come to this place and encourage us to do the work to which we were baptized. Help us to proclaim the good news in word and in deed. We pray this day for the hope we have found, the peace we seek, and the joy we will receive in your holy name. May we bring hope to the hopeless, peace to the restless, and joy to those who crave it. We pray this day, either out loud or in our hearts, for those dear to us. Gracious God, may the joy we find not be a commodity to be hoarded, but a gift to be shared with one another. We thank you for your presence among us, your creation around us, and your providence within us as we continue this blessed journey. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Psalms, Psalm 126, which is titled in my Bible, A Harvest of Joy. So it's very fitting for today. As I read this aloud, listen for a word from the Lord. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the water courses in the Negeb. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, 
shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. A word from God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Lord, may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen and amen. It is week three of Advent. It is flying by. We only have one more week, and that just also happens to be Christmas Eve, and so bam, right into it. Advent goes right into Christmas this year. But this is the Sunday in which we uh, celebrate joy. Actually, the reason that the candle is pink on this day, traditionally, uh, this is a day that you pause. We have been talking about waiting and hoping and praying for the return of Jesus and remembering how God blessed us on that first Christmas you kind of pause all of that on the third Sunday and you just celebrate joy. You just have joy in your hearts and you talk about the good things. Uh, we sing songs like, Joy to the world. And uh, let's see, what's the other one that I thought of? Oh, uh, good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. I think women can probably rejoice too. What other Christmas songs have joy in it? I couldn't think of them. Yes, yes. Yeah, joy so well. Non-Christmas songs, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, joy. This is what we're talking about. Joy, happiness, uh, pleasure, delight, exuberance, jubilation. Do you know these things? Do you have joy? Do you know joy this morning? And I'm not talking about your friend that you went to high school with. I'm talking about do you have jubilance within your soul unspeakable joy, as Chris Tomlin says, because of what the Lord has done for you. You know, the Hebrews, this particular uh, psalm that we read today, uh, they keep talking about a shout of joy. It's not just joy, there's a shout of joy. Let's see how they say that in here. Let's see how they say that. It says it several times. Uh, let's see here. Uh, our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Um, may those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Uh, those who go out weeping shall come home with shouts of joy. There's this phrase, shouts of joy. The Hebrew word is rina. Everybody say rina. Rina. Now, we don't know what a rina sounded like because we don't have any recordings of it. But the Mexican people have something called a grito. Do you know the grito? Uh, Whitney, play a grito for us. Uh, and, and I was looking all over the world, there are these traditional shouts of joy. When you hear it, you know somebody's celebrating somewhere, a birthday or something's going on. There's a party over there. And I thought, we don't have that in America. Why don't we have a shout of joy? In Texas, we have, yeehaw! That's about it, right? That means something. But maybe we're too reserved or maybe we don't have joy. I don't know. But cultures around the world have created these shouts of joy and we don't have anything like that. And I think that we should invent something. I looked up the word joy. It's listed in, in the NRSV. It depends on your English translation. But in the NRSV, 214 times 
from start to finish, joy or rejoicing is mentioned. And I looked at the, the, the books that have it most. Psalms is the number one book that talks about joy. Do you know what the number two book is? Any guesses? Maybe Revelation, but no. But not, not far off, though. It is in the New Testament. It's the Gospel of John. Jesus talks about how I hope that they have the joy that I have. I give them the joy. He's praying to God. I want them to have the joy that you have given me. Jesus talks a lot about joy in the Gospel of John. Now, Revelation is a Johannine work, so you're not far off there. Clearly, joy was an important part of the Hebrew faith and the Hebrew tradition so that they would have their rina, whatever that sounded like, maybe like a Mexican grito, something like that, where they would go along and they would have this call that would go out and everybody would know, we are celebrating, we are in party mode here, it is time to celebrate. You know, we get to go out, Dan, uh, every Monday we get to go visit folks and we go to uh, the homebound, uh, we go to folks that are in homes, facilities, we go to, to visit people that are in uh, hospitals, <coughs> excuse me, I suspect we'll go see your mom tomorrow and spend some time with her at the hospital. What time? Well, all right, sounds good, perfect. But we get, we get to do this, we go out every Monday and we take them communion and uh, I, I suspect that we've actually tapped into a, a secret source of joy uh, because you think that we're serving them, but actually they're serving us because we walk away from these encounters just, just feeling so good, feeling lifted up. Um, and, and for some reason, you know, these, these are folks that are kind of stuck wherever they are or they're not very mobile. They can't get out. They can't come to church. And yet they seem like some of the happiest people that we get to meet with. What is that all about? I, I don't understand it. Uh, you, you would think that it would be the opposite. But, but somehow they've tapped into some secret source of joy and it just kind of rubs off onto us so that we end our Mondays feeling really, really good. We have one lady that we visit uh, in particular um, she is a member of the church. Her name is Carol Koenig. Do you guys know Carol? Okay. Carol is 93 years old. Every time I see Carol, she is cracking jokes. She is smiling. No teeth. She doesn't have her teeth. She doesn't know where they are. She doesn't know who has them. She doesn't really care. Um, cracking jokes, laughing. She's in her wheelchair, zooming around. She has the nurses push her real fast across the floor. We have to chase her down. It's like she's a kid or something. And so I thought, I want to go see Carol and just, just give a little taste of Carol to you guys. Now, I have to tell you this. When I went over to see her, she was sleeping, and I woke her up. So she is not, she has, she's not cracking as many jokes, but we did spend some time together and just kind of talked about her secret to happiness. So watch this. You may have to crank this up. Carol, we're going to show this video at church. And every time I come to visit you, you are always so happy. And I wanted to know if you could maybe tell us your secret to happiness. 
Oh, what is that? Okay, The Habit of Happiness. Well, let me see the front of it. By James Dillett Freeman. In the manuscript called Being of Good Courage. Okay. And what is he saying there that changed your life? He's saying the same thing Jesus told us. What does it mean when you get up in the morning? What does it mean for you? Look for signs of good things and work. Yes. You know what? Most people are good. Most people are good. And most people want to be healthy. I think that's true. I love to read the Bible. But like I say, no matter what, point or something, it changed my, my whole life. Well, it's a joy to come see you every time we come to visit you. You always have a smile on your face. And I thought these people need to know your secret to well, happiness and joy. Not a, it's not a secret. It's a way to be. It's just a way to be. I love that. Well, when was the last time you were at Grace Church? Oh, I can't remember. It's been a long time. What has Grace Church meant to you over the years? It meant happy. It was happiness? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, we love you. Oh, Junior, that's wonderful. And you always bless me when I come to see you, and I know Dan and Brandy, too. We leave, we leave here feeling happy because we've had a chance to be with you. Oh, so, so your happiness spills out onto other people. Well, I hope so. <laughs> it does. Okay, you can turn mine down now. Thank you. Yeah, isn't that great? Isn't that great? She, she said when she was 20-something, she came across this book, uh, Happiness as a Habit or something like that, and, uh, and she said it changed her whole life, that she realized her, her attitude when she gets up in the morning is a choice. You can either choose to get up on this side of the bed or this side of the bed, and so she just chooses to get up on this side. And so she's like, however many days I have left, I'm good with it. Uh, whatever whatever they feed me today for lunch and dinner and breakfast, I'm good with it. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I choose to be happy. It's a way to be, and, and it's just better to go through life choosing happiness and joy than not. And I, I'm just flabbergasted by that. I just, I think it's wonderful. And I, I'm telling you, she is happy every time I see her. It doesn't matter if we come in and she's getting her hair done and she's under the, the, the heater She's like, oh, how are y'all doing today? You know, just great. It's just great. So I wanted you to see that. She is a, a longtime member of our church, and, uh, and it means a lot to her to know that, um, that we all still think about her and pray for her, and all of them. They're all like that. Just to know that they're still connected to us means a lot. But I love at the end, what, what does Grace Church mean to you? Grace Church is happiness for her. Isn't that great? Wonderful. You know, the psalmist in this psalm um, is recalling a time in which God's presence and God's blessing and God's deliverance was so palpable, it was so tangible, that they, he said, it feels like a dream. It feels like a dream. And I, and I thought, have I ever had joy like that? Joy where I think back and go, was that a dream? Did that really happen? And I thought, 
maybe today, since this is a, a kind of a pause in the Advent journey, we're not really praying for anything, we're not waiting and hoping and looking to the skies, we're, we're just pausing and just giving thanks and, and showing joy and gratitude to God. I thought, what if we try something different today? Now, this could backfire on me. I thought, what if we open up the floor for people to just give testimony to a time in which they were so joyous that you look back on it and it feels like a dream? You go, was that really, really real? Now, this could backfire in that you guys go for two hours or that nobody speaks up, in, in which case I don't have any more sermons. So you got to say something. But I'm going to start so that you have some time to think about this, okay? Okay? So here's, uh, here's my... I'll pick that up, Mark. Three times, uh, I'm more, but three times that I want to say uh, that, that feel like a dream. Number one is uh, 30 years ago tomorrow, I got married to Elena. And that whole day feels like a dream. It just, she was my high school sweetheart, and we were so loved and supported in the church. Um, it all just came together. We were just poor kids. She was 18, I was 19. We didn't have a nickel between us. And people, uh, people put the money out to, to decorate the church, and somebody, you know, donated a wedding cake to us, and we found a used dress at a thrift store that was like super cheap, and it all just came together, and I look back on that and say, was that a dream, God? Did I, did I really get to marry this girl, and is she still really with me after 30 years? Feels like a dream. Of course, the birth of all my children. Now, Elena remembers details of each of those births. To me, it just feels like a dream. Like, did that really happen? Was that the middle of the night? Was that early in the morning? I don't really remember. But, but I remember certain things about each one of them, really strange things, like... <laughs> I can tell you which direction they were born, north, south, east, or west. Isn't that weird? That's a weird thing. Now, their weight, like the time they were born and their, their birth weight, I can't remember those things. I think I was sleep-deprived. I think I was in, I was in um, shock at the miracle of birth. You, you, you witness the first one, and you're like, oh, my goodness. This is really happening right now. But then you go from, from being a father in in theory, in like I know that there's a baby in there, to being a father real, real, for real. Like there's now a baby in the world that I am responsible for and, and cannot do anything apart from me and holy cow. But you're so happy. Exactly like the psalmist said, the weeping of the birth pains gives way to joy. Your weeping turns into tears of laughter and joy. You're like, it's finally here. And I got to do that four times. Four times. Amazing. The last one that I want to tell you about, and again, there are more, but the last one I want to tell you about is last year when I was training for the MS-150, and I didn't know if I could do it. Uh, I thought, I've never gone that far on a bike before. I'm going to be riding with seasoned riders who have been doing this for a long time, and I met up with some, some other pastors 
that had been writing for many years, and I was very intimidated. But on the second day, on the last leg of the, of the ride, the weather was perfect. We're riding, and there are fields with cows and horses and wildflowers coming up. And I have stayed with these seasoned pastors. They haven't outridden me. I've stayed right with them. And I feel within myself, I have so much energy, I can keep on going, no problem. It was like at this moment, this sweep of joy came over me. And I thought to myself, this is like a miracle. Like, this is miraculous. This is pure joy right now, what I am feeling. My body feels good. I'm on the last leg. I can do it. And it was almost like that veil between heaven and earth kind of parted for a second, and I went, I'm, I'm somewhere else. And it only lasted for a second because I had to keep my eyes on the road. But, but I thought, this is joy, and it feels like a dream. I don't think I could do it again. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Tell me yours. Tell me a time in which your joy feels like a dream. Um, when I was in eighth, not eighth, sixth grade, I used to play chess with a kid. His name was Ethan Allen. He was two years older than me. He beat me every time. We moved for about a year and a half. This whole time I've been playing chess. Got a chess set with me right now. Uh, we moved back here recently, and I, I can beat him. Like, Consistently. Nice. And it's not the fact that I can beat him, it's the fact that I've grown that much in yeah. a year and a half's time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Who else? Uh, me and my group of friends would play this game, and uh, it's very hard to like get new characters that are like worth anything. And then so uh, this one morning, we was all we all had the money and stuff to do a summon. And uh, there, there's four tiers, and I got one of the highest ones, and we all put, like, we all put our hands on it, and we did it, and I got one of the highest ones on the first wow. one. Wow. Wow. So that was a moment of joy for he you. He broke the table. Like, <laughs> Somebody else, give me a joy moment. Jason. Mine's kind of similar to yours, but talking about a, a time period through probably 1989 when I lost my, my dad, and through almost 92 or 93, he lost him of people in my family as far as sickness or whatever but you know I was always told by our pastors and everything that God doesn't take away and not give back basically but it's all right buddy all right when I look at what I received through Kimberly and my family yeah 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 makes me think didn't Jesus say whoever gives up house and, and home and and Family for me will receive tenfold in this life and in the next. Yeah, that's good. But and also also to look at, and she's even said the same thing. But I always said the perfect thing would be to have a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. And look what you got. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Joy that feels like a dream. Who else? Who else? Kathy. Well, um, when Calvin and I were married, it was such a joyous occasion that everyone, even my children, cried. This guy? (laughs) You can hear people sniffling. And and it wasn't because they were sad. It was because they were so happy for us. Yeah, you got a good one. He's an all right fellow. He's okay. (laughs) And how many years have you been married? 38. 38 And counting. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mark, what do you got? 
my first day as an Emmaus member, uh-huh. uh, we we had uh, it was dying moments. Oh yes. And then when we went into the uh, cafeteria, everybody was there. Everybody. And my dad was there. Wow, you felt joy. Unspeakable joy. joy. That's great. Great, great, great. Who else? Who else? Andrea. Me and my dad, we had these game nights, and he would always beat me in these games that we would play. But this one night, I almost lost, but then then I won for the first time in so long. You beat him. (laughs) Good job. Did I see a hand back here? Hey. Uh, you and Elena will be married 30 years tomorrow? Yeah. Hey. Susan will be married 25 years the next day, the 19th. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Chuck, what you got? Um, Nat thinks Susan and I have been married for three years. All right. He's called Bert at a wedding, so. It's a lot of anniversaries in December. Yeah. Great. Must have been a time to, to get married. Semester break. Yeah, semester break. That's exactly what it was. It was semester break. Maybe we gotta get this done. We gotta break this classes. Yes, yes. Ken, did I see your hand up? No. Who else? Anyone else? I got one. What do you got, Jim? Well, I was pretty happy when my daughter was born. That was a pretty elateful moment. But when I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and went out and opened the the barn door and saw that my horse had a baby deer, (laughs) it was such a dream. Because my newborn Paul looked like a baby deer. (laughs) I ran in the house and I dialed the telephone because my husband was on the platform. And the um, supervisor said, oh, you can't talk to him, he's working. And I said, okay, just tell him he had a boy. And hung up. <laughs> when he came home that day, we went through this joy together. There was a helicopter called to immediately get me home oh, from my new oh, oh, To see his That's baby. Sneaky. Yeah. 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 Just a little worse. Speaking of being parents, too, when you have your children, I can remember me and Kimberly getting home with Kaylee and going sitting there the whole weekend home going, what do we do? It's crazy. What do we do? It's crazy. like fear mixed with joy. It's like terrified joy is where you go. Um, I have a a lot of moments, but um, one that I can remember very vividly was over 10 years ago, and I can't even remember yesterday, but it was over 10 years ago. I was dropping my firstborn and now our firstborn off to college. Oh, and sitting in San Francisco and sitting in the window and he says are you okay and I'm like looking at me and I looked out the window and I was like oh I'm leaving my child in San Francisco you know that that joy came to because we we took her to like this um, when they go and get to know each other get to know each other and she looked at me and she said mom you know, it's interesting. Okay, so what, here's what I'm hearing. This is kind of interesting. These moments of joy are tinged with a little bit of fear or sadness. Isn't that strange? 
but it's like maybe true joy, and maybe this is the secret of, of the older folks that, are, that we go visit, that when you come to the end of something and you're met with joy on the other side, that's true joy. But it, but it requires kind of facing something within yourself to get there. And so maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's, maybe that's what Carol knows, that uh, as we grow closer to that point, you know, she's had a, a long life, 93. Um, maybe when we get to that point, we'll go, whatever is left is pure joy. And so we're thankful for that. That's wonderful. Did, did somebody else have one? Yes, Kathy. I know. I know. I don't even know if it's published anymore. She, she, she has that copy sitting right by her, her, her chair there, and she told me that she had given copies out to, to people before. Uh, but she didn't offer it to me, so I don't know. It's called the Happiness as a Habit. James Dillett Freeman. I mean, she she wrote she read it in her twenties. Uh, that was a long time ago, and so hopefully it's still in circulation. But I'm I'm intrigued, y'all. Christmas is uh, eight days away, nine days away, eight days, nine days, something like that. Eight days. Christmas is the time that we. Uh, we celebrate the birth of Jesus in this crazy story in which this uh, God child is born and laid in a feeding trough, wrapped in a blanket. Shepherds receive an announcement and go and see it for themselves. And later, magi from Persia that aren't even Jewish read the stars in such a way that they know something has happened and they make their way. And this is, a, this is a story that has captured our attention for thousands of years and brings us joy every single year. And yet Christmas, you know, Chuck was saying Christmas for some um, is not a, a fun holiday. Uh, for some people, just it's just too hectic. There's too much stress. For a lot of people, there's never enough money. There's just never enough money. For some people, their family is so dysfunctional that the thought of getting together with extended family just brings up thoughts of dread and, and fear. Do I really have to do this? Do I have to go and listen to these political tirades from Uncle Joe or whatever, you know? Uh, for some people... The, the increased traffic on the road and the, the, the stores are so jam-packed. There's just nothing fun about it, but we got to buy these presents uh, so that we don't look like idiots on Christmas morning, you know, at the family gathering or whatever. And so you just suck it up and you do it. And for other people, um, you lost somebody close to you around Christmas time or perhaps this last year, and so now you're facing the first Christmas without that person, and you don't know how to do that. If we can get through that sadness, if we can cross that threshold, all of that extra stuff, that baggage that comes with it, I think that the joy of just 
pure Jesus will be there. And what it's going to take for us is to just kind of focus our thoughts on that. Just focus on, on what that day means for us because the birth of Jesus really is pure joy. It's pure joy. There's, there's no strings attached. There's, no, there's, there's, there, there's nothing being asked of you to, to, no hoop to jump through or perform. It's just simply receive Jesus who is a gift to you and to me and to the world. And so my hope and my prayer is that this year, even though all that extra stuff is bound to come with it, that somehow we can cut through and just find the joy. That's my prayer. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for this day. I thank you for these wonderful people here that have shared their moments of unspeakable joy. And, and I pray that all of us, I'm sure that everybody here has one of those stories, but I, I pray that all of us would at some point have one of those moments of unspeakable joy that we look back on and say, was that a dream? Was that a dream? I want every person in this room to have one of those stories. Because when times get tough, that is a place that we can focus our attention on and say, we know everything's going to be okay because I have this, this feeling of a dream in which God blessed me so greatly that I had joy that I couldn't even frame into words. That, that can be our, our anchor point moving forward, especially the holidays in which the days are getting shorter and shorter and shorter and the nights getting longer and longer and, and, and all the stuff that we've attached to this wonderful gift that you've given us. I mean, it's, it's here. There's nothing we can do about it. We, we want to give gifts. We want to get together with friends and family, but sometimes it sucks the joy right out of us. And so help us to, to just really focus our attention on the true meaning of Christmas. It's kind of cliche to say that, but, but the true meaning. The arrival of Jesus among us, Emmanuel, God with us forevermore. No strings attached, just simply a gift. If we have nothing else to speak about in our past, those joyous moments, may that moment be a moment of joy for us. We love you. We thank you. It's in the name of the one who brings us joy that we pray. Amen. Grab the hand of the person next to you. Let's try to form a big chain so that we're all connected here. Yes. Yes. Here we go. Here we go. I think we're all connected. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May you know in this moment you are perfectly loved, completely forgiven, and uniquely empowered. Now you're called to go out and be the light of the world as you leave this place. Guess what? You're going to make some mistakes this week. We all do. But even when we make those mistakes, God doesn't change how He feels about us because God's love for us is perfect and complete and whole so that when He looks at us, He just says, Y'all, you are simply the best of the best of the best.
And if you can leave here believing that, that has the power to change everything. In the name of the one who brings us joy and peace and hope, go from this place with that good message.